0: right good morning you are listening to the minding mind podcast where we live life with ease connection and permission to just be i'm your host evelyn lavasser and welcome back to another episode today i get to sit down with my sister friend my super friend jl anchor lagos to discuss belonging and i cannot wait for you to hear more But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about my super friend, JL Anchor Lagos is the founder of Rise to Realness and helps spirit-led entrepreneurs build a life-giving community around their own brand. JL has shared about the power of community on a number of podcasts, including the Redefining Wealth podcast and has been featured in the Washington Post, Building Community from the Ground Up, and that was with a child on her hip. With her vibrant energy and her unique approach to community building, JL encourages entrepreneurs to invite the power of the Holy Spirit into their space through genuine connection. As Matthew eighteen twenty states, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. JL believes that when we genuinely connect with each other, we can hear and see beyond our own individual limitations and that creating community creates space for transformation love it. Welcome to the Minding Mind podcast. Thank you, Evelyn. I am so happy to be here. Happy to have you. So before we get all into the goods about belonging, why don't you give us a few words of your own? Tell us like who you
1: are, what you do. Sure. I am. I am me. I'm a child of God. I am Living life to the fullest, trying to pay attention to, you know, where we're running on autopilot and where we need to awaken. I'm trying to live life awake, I'm trying to be alive, and that is me. And I feel like through community and connection, we're really able to do that. We're able to live life fuller. Mm -hmm. So that's been my journey, and I gotta say, it's been quite recent actually, you know, back in. Grade school, high school, it was always a matter of, we moved around quite a bit. And it was a matter of like, do I belong here? That questioning of belonging, do I fit in? And I was constantly trying to fit in because I didn't feel like I belonged, but it wasn't recently until I discovered those are two very different things, baby. Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're bringing up this idea that, I, I was actually interviewed on a podcast recently and their closing question was, have you ever felt like you didn't fit in? And my my answer kind of surprised me in that I said, no, like I don't think I ever didn't fit in because I was so disconnected from me that I was whoever I needed to be for whatever environment I was in. So I always fit in because I was like a chameleon. I became who I needed to be to fit in wherever I was. It wasn't until I like, really started to see myself and fall in love with me that I, I don't know. I kind of love the idea of not fitting in because if I don't belong there, I don't want to be there.
1: Girl, that what you said about the chameleon, that part, a hundred percent resonated because yes, I was very easily adaptable into different circumstances, right? I was professional when I needed to be professional, right? I was, funny when I needed to be funny, right? I was incredibly smart when I needed to be smart. It was different parts of me shining through or almost felt like forcing themselves through in order to fit in, right? In order to adapt to the environment um, where I would find myself. Yes. And you're right. Like It wasn't until I started to see all the various parts of me and recognize that I am all of it, right? I'm not just one box. I'm not just one end. I am this and that. I am this and I'm I'm both and I am all, right? Mm-hmm. And so many of us, yeah, I was trying to understand myself. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, am I the preppy girl that's super sociable? Or am I kind of this like emo girl who's... Really cool, and you know, doesn't try hard but still gets good grades, right? Like, you can be all of it,
0: yeah, right. So, my question to you is: Then, what do you? Why do you think it is that, like, I think especially when we're younger, but even into adulthood, like, what is it that makes us so attached to a label? I'm not this type of person. I'm not this kind of person. I am this type. Like, we want
1: to be labeled. But then we're irritated by the label. Right. I think we're trying to understand ourselves. It's really like we have minds, we have working brains and we're trying to understand ourselves. We're trying to figure out who we are. And, um, in order to understand who we are, we, we put words around it, but sometimes our words can limit us. Even our senses can limit us. Our eyes can limit us. Our ears can limit us. I was just thinking about Psalm, I think, 119.18, it says, you know, open my eyes, right? Because God sees us in a different vision than we see ourselves. Oftentimes, I see other people in a different way than they see themselves, right? I I often, I feel like I often see people like on pedestals, um, and then I talk to them more, and I realize they don't see themselves this way, mm-hmm. but then I try to enlighten them like look at what a child of god you are right because we often see each other through through different lenses yeah
0: yeah i think that 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 speaks to the idea that we're so disconnected from ourselves right like other people can see the beauty of our gifts other people see our character other people like focus on how we show up and how we make them feel right So when you have a positive interaction with me, you're left with a positive impression. But I have in my mind, and not anymore, but I used to carry in my mind a lifetime of flaws and a lifetime of judgments and a lifetime of negativity. So when somebody would say something positive about me, not only couldn't I see it, I couldn't receive it either. Like I'd be like, oh, you're just saying that because X, Y, and Z, you're just saying that. But really like they were really seeing me they were really seeing my heart, but I I was the one rejecting myself.
1: Why do you think that you were rejecting yourself at that point?
0: I think there's just so much about all of us that take these lessons from when we're younger, literally, and we just learn to conform to be whoever it is we're told we should be or not, not even necessarily. It's not like our parents say, you should be X, Y, and Z, but they do things like, compliment you and commend you when you behave in certain ways. So if, you know, adults are around and you're quiet, then you're a good girl. If you get good grades in school, then you're doing a great job and you're a hard worker. If you are quiet when your siblings are tormenting you, then you're so kind and gentle and you're a peacekeeper. See like all the, all the while, like you're subconsciously absorbing the label that later you want to be associated with anyway. I really think that every label that we have, every story that we internalize like that is just rooted in wanting to be validated and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be seen. But really like the very thing we're chasing, right? Like being la- the, the label and the validation and wanting to be seen, chasing that is the thing that keeps us from seeing ourselves, right? Like we're, we're constantly focused on this, tell me I'm good, tell me I'm great, and maybe, maybe one day I'll believe it for myself.
1: Yeah, it's the external validation versus realizing you can give it to yourself. Yes. You to give it to yourself. You need to validate yourself. You need to learn to love yourself. You need to practice that, right? Because it's not a one-time decision. It's an everyday battle or an everyday, it doesn't have to be a battle, but everyday conscious decision. Yeah. I choose to love myself today. Yeah. It's an internal thing that we need to practice and cultivate as long as we continue that, the more we practice that, the greater it becomes part of us. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's, Once we yeah, accept ourselves and love ourselves, like radically accept ourselves, that's when we, we can open ourselves up to the love from that side too. Yeah. I think, I think one of the most
0: powerful um, things I've ever learned is to take things that happen, In my life, and regardless of it, if it's something that happened outside of me, if it's something that triggered me and I reacted, if it's something that I am not even happy about, like, you know, sometimes you react a certain way and you're like, damn, I don't even like, I can't believe I acted like that, right? I think that the thing that I learned the most is to separate my reaction from my character, right? Like, I reacted for a reason, and that reason is just data. So if I can look at it as just data, then I don't have basis for judgment. I don't need to judge myself. I can just recognize that I reacted in a certain way because of something. Therefore, next time it comes up, I can choose to do different. It doesn't make me good or bad. It doesn't make me loving or unloving or lovable or unlovable. It was just one instance that I can completely choose to do differently next time. So all the things that I used to judge about myself, like, you know, my history with like dieting and and just feeling horribly outside. Now I can recognize as just data. Like the reason I was stuck in those cycles is because I was chasing a feeling. But the truth is, is the feeling is the one thing I can give myself. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to work for it. I can just choose. I can literally just choose to love me. And when I work from a place of love, I can choose better for my life, my health, my body, my wealth, my relationships, everything. But it all has to start with me making the decision for myself without judgment. It's just data. It was all just data.
1: I was just talking about this yesterday about how we really have to start learning to stop judging and stop criticizing ourselves, especially parts of our past that we can't change, right? Sure, you know, 14 year old, 17 year old self made that decision and perhaps your current self wants to forget it, right? Like, I don't wanna talk about it. Like, I don't wanna go there. Like, I wish I would have made better decisions as a teenager, whatever. Those are the parts that we need to learn to accept. Mm -hmm. But like you mentioned, I loved how you said, use it as a data point. Like sure, 39 year old self wouldn't make that same decision, but given who you were, your age, whatever, for whatever reason you did make the decision and what can you do there? Right? Can you, today, what can you do? Can you love on that person and say, Hey, like, I see you, you made that decision. I understand that current self wouldn't have made that same decision, but you can show up with compassion. And like still radical acceptance of, yes, that was me at 17 making that decision, right? Instead of trying to ignore it, forget it, regret it.
0: And shove it down, because if you shove it down, it's gonna come back out.
1: Yeah, because when we're shutting it down, we're just, it's, when we shut part of our past down, it's sometimes it's part of like self judgment, self criticism, right? And granted, various things happen in various people's lives, But if we can learn to accept it, not out of judgment, but out of love, like, I, I, I love you 17 year old self. Like I love you 14 year old self instead of, I want to forget about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's powerful too, to like, be able to look at your past self and just say like 15, 20, 25 year old Evelyn, no matter what mistakes she made, no matter what choices she made at that time it was her best like I, I don't think i don't think there's one human being i mean unless we have like some really rare cases but i don't think there are human beings that wake up and say oh i cannot wait to get it all wrong I cannot wait to make these terrible mistakes that are going to make me feel like shit. I don't think that the people wake up and do, right? Like you don't wake up and say, I cannot wait to get it all wrong today. You're always just trying your best. And I feel like for me now, one of the things I can say is that there's days that I show up and I have high energy and I'm impactful and I'm productive and I'm just killing it. I'm holding all the space for all the people and I'm killing it. And there's some days where I'm so tired and I'm so drained and I'm just sad maybe. And laying on the couch and not falling apart is my best. And both of those days, I'm equally worthy of the compassion that it takes to continue on. Both of those days, I'm still enough. Both of those days, I did everything in my power to be who I needed to be for that moment. Absolutely. No judgment. One day is not better than the next, right? No judgment.
1: Yeah, because if we are thinking like, Like all I could do today was like sit and read on my couch. Then we're judging ourselves to another day where perhaps we were incredibly productive, but like, if there's no judgment, if we learn to live with no judgment, right, then it's a acceptance of, I did my best. I did my best because you're right. Nobody wakes up and says like, I can't wait to make a bunch of mistakes. Yeah. I think there is power in trying things and willingness to fail but not because you're not trying. Right. You right? can learn from failure. And I, I, honestly, I feel like if we're not failing at all, we're we're not taking big enough leaps of faith. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I think the key there is like to fail, right, without judgment of the failure. Like yeah. it's not that not succeeding at something means that I'm not worthy of a better outcome. It just means that I learned what didn't work and now I need to try something else right? But to keep choosing, to keep choosing to try.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that. So I know we got a little bit off topic, but tell me a little bit about like, what, what, what do you feel like your journey was like from moving around all the time and not feeling like you fit in technically or trying to fit in all the time? What was it like to actually like, I guess, come home to yourself? And then what did that, how did that kind of prompt you to start creating communities
1: for people to feel the thing that you always wanted to feel? Yeah. So, you know, when people ask you when you're little, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would always say, I want to be a mom. I just want to be a mom. Like, I loved playing with dolls. I would have played with dolls probably through high school if it was socially acceptable, but because I was trying to fit in, I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, just constantly trying to fit in, but with that goal in mind, right? I wanna be a mom, I really wanna be a mom. After various miscarriages, um, finally had my firstborn. And I thought it was gonna be like fairies and rainbows. We brought him home from the hospital and I was thinking like, how do they just let us take a baby from the hospital? This is so weird. You mean there's no adults coming home with me? Like. Like he comes with no instructions. Like yeah. what
0: the hell was he A guidebook,
1: something. Like they trust us like to just take a baby home. Like, yeah. like I didn't, I didn't see him as ours. Right? And I remember like those first few weeks being so hard. I just looked over at, at him at one point and I was like, oh my God, one week went by and we both survived. And I didn't want that feeling. I didn't want that like heavy feeling. I felt like I was like, how have generations of people reproduced if this is what they're experiencing, right? That that, like heaviness. Motherhood wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I had to do something different. Finally, I realized that there was a group that was meeting at the hospital. Every Wednesday at noon, we'd sit around a conference room on the dirty old carpet and we just sit there with our babies and we'd go around the circle and check in. It was so simple, but it was everything. It was everything because we were all experiencing motherhood for the first time and we would laugh and we would cry. And oftentimes we'd like get lunch together afterwards or we started to hang out more and we started to raise our kids together. And so that was the first time I really realized like the power of community, how it can pull you up and out of a dark place, how it can help you through transitions, how things can come out of it that you never would have imagined. And so from there, we ended up moving where from where our firstborn was born. And I just continued to get involved. Like I'm an introverted self. I know I don't always come out that way, but I am. Like on my birthday, I just want to sit in my room, drink my cup of coffee and read a book. But I realized that I have to step out of the box mm-hmm. in to be fully fulfilled, in order to grow and expand myself, in order to find support through life's tough transitions, I have to reach out and connect with people. Life is not meant to be lived alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, God created Eve for Adam, right? God created billions of people on earth because we're meant for each other, Mm -hmm. because we're each a unique piece of the puzzle, Like if you think of life as this big puzzle and each one of us were an individual unique piece, we need each other in order to complete the puzzle. And we cannot try to be somebody else because when we try to be somebody else, we would have two of the same pieces. And that's where like competition, right? Who's gonna fit this one unique slot, this one or this one that both look alike. We have to be our unique self in order to complete the big picture.
0: I love that visual.
1: Yeah. And so I started getting involved in a lot of mom's groups and realizing again, the power of connection and community got involved in our kid's school and started building an awesome community there. Then looking at like the neighborhood landscape in DC, yeah. Building community there. Mm -hmm. So, and at church and building community there, and I realized, then COVID hit, right? Yep. And I was like, all of a sudden, everything stopped. But soon enough, I realized you can develop genuine connection online and really focused in on that. And how is it possible to develop genuine connection and build that sense of community? And there are, yeah, definitely certain components that I feel like help communities thrive. You know what? I find that, and, and I feel like every time I speak to someone
0: that, that is doing something that I feel is incredibly important, right? I always recognize this connection between the thing that we're very passionate about, the thing that we um, hold like so dearly, right? Is the very thing that our younger self needed, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like through doing the work that we do, we're healing the younger version of ourselves who didn't have the ability to feel what we feel today right like when i look at women and i'm talking let's say i'm talking to a client and she has like a breakthrough and with breakthroughs are often tears and just saying like oh my god i'm i'm so grateful to Feel this right now, right? Like when I look at her, I can feel a little part of my inner self saying, Thank you. I needed that. Like, thank you. I needed that, right? I love that you're able to develop community for other people and give yourself the sense of belonging, right? In a way that you didn't have before. Like, you're literally healing your younger self by doing the work that you do today.
1: And I love how you said, give yourself the sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not based of, okay, does she like me? Does you know, does she accept me? No. Do I accept me? Mm -hmm. Do I practice getting to know me every day? Do I practice loving me every day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do
0: you suggest that somebody handle, you know, like, let's say they put themselves out there and they joined a community where they didn't feel like they belonged and they did see that comparison and, and judgment and, and competition almost, like, what do you suggest in those cases?
1: I think I would first suggest testing whether that initial judgment is true. So perhaps, you know, you feel like you walk into, I don't know, a networking space, and you feel like everybody's there with their professional A game, this person, this person, this person talking to another. And you're just like, OK, everybody's in their clicks. I'm not going to interrupt, right? Like there's too much competition going on. Yeah. But test that. Go up and introduce yourself, right? I think eye contact and a smile is huge. It's saying, hello, I see you, and it's nice to meet you. Or even like if we're walking down the street, right? How often do you make eye contact and smile, right? And so then, then you can test out like going back to the networking event. You can test that out with one group right and maybe that group was really in the middle of a conversation, and maybe they aren't so welcoming, right? Okay, go try the next one. Gather your data points. I love how we started off with that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Gather your data points. Okay, I'm gonna just go to 3 different of the clicks that are out there and see what kind of data I gather right, don't take it personally, right? They are probably, they're probably minding their own business. And then, right? Whether they're welcoming and inclusive, it will come through. And so, yeah, perhaps the first one was they were too deep in conversation, didn't work out. Okay, go to the next click, gather with a smile and eye contact. Hi, you know, my name is, um, and finding some sort of connecting question. Uh, what brought you to this event today? Right? Or how do you know so and so? Something that you can both kind of cling on to and start that conversation because it will naturally progress. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Gather your data points, maybe have another backup question or move on yeah. to the
0: Yeah. I love that because it's true that sometimes when we see the situation as combative or you know like like you feel that you're intruding on something a lot of times that is just attached to a story in your mind of you yes. know people are not going to accept me people don't see me and if you walk in thinking that already chances are that's how you're going to view it regardless so i love that like stepping back and asking yourself is that even true and is there something i can try and then make a decision based on actual facts as opposed to an initial feeling i love that JL, I love that you mentioned to the eye contact and a smile because I have to tell you that I feel like that is one of your gifts. In that, when we speak, the way that you like look me in the eye, it's not just that you're looking blankly, right? Like some people look and they're you're interested not only in my words, but in my heart. And I can feel that literally through your eyes. So I love that the work you're doing is in belonging because you have this sense about you that everyone is welcome mm. and everyone is cared for without judgment. You, you just do that naturally.
1: You just melted my heart, Evelyn. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But like I mentioned, it hasn't always been that way. Right? Mm. I totally received that. Now as 39 year old self, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's been a journey. It has been quite the journey.
0: I love that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful.
1: So JL, tell us how, how is it that people
0: can work with you? What exactly do you do to help with community building?
1: So lately what I've been focusing on has been um, taking action, right? Because once you accept yourself, once you love yourself, and you realize this is what I want to do in life, you have to move with it. You have to take action, right? We are God's hands and feet. You have to create and not just consume because I was caught in the consumption trap of listening to podcasts, reading books, doing programs and workshops and doing all the online courses, but never implementing. And so resources are critical to expand our minds. Right. And then we need to put it into action with our hands and feet to expand and change and grow our lives. We have to be active participants in our lives Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to expand our hearts. That's when we connect with people. That's when we are in community. And so I put together the beyond real community where we take action together. Because sometimes having a to-do list is one thing, doing the things to the list, doing the things on the to-do list is another. And when you do the things that move the needle that propel you forward, when you do them together, it's that much easier. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do together. We set an intention, I'm gonna do this and we work on it and we report back almost like accountability buddies, but more like a community oriented space.
0: I love that. I love that. And where can the, where can the people find you on social website? What, what do you have?
1: I'm at Rise to Realness pretty much everywhere. I'm most active on IG. That is where I like to play at Rise to Realness. Yeah. Or to realness.com. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I have my, my final question
0: before we go. And, you know, here in the minding mind community, we're all about getting in our business, not, not about being nosy minding your business is not just about that. It is about like, you know, getting intuitive, trusting your gut, pulling away from like autopilot and living life really on your terms, but really having to like release all the thoughts and lessons and beliefs that you had growing up that kind of kept you stuck so that you could finally figure out like, who the hell am I? And, and what can I do differently? Because I want, I don't want to just exist. I want to live, right? Like I want to choose my life. I want to choose my path and write my own damn story. Mm -hmm. So minding your business, getting in it, doing for you, what makes you feel good. How do you think that minding your business for you is changing the legacy you will leave behind. How would things like potentially even be different for your children had you not learned to be more intuitive, instinctual? Like, what do you think is different?
1: Minding my business reminds me that my life is my life. It's not what my parents told me. It's not what society tells me. It's my life. God gave it to me. And I need to listen to me. I need to listen to him, right? And so it helps me focus on what my God-given purpose is. That's what minding my business means to me. And when I'm able to do that, when I'm able to model that, then it shows my children. Sure, I want them to do well in school. Yes, I want them to have like rich friendships and their life is their life, right? My life is my life. Helps model to my children that their life is their life.
0: So, really, you're giving them permission to just be. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. JL, thank you for being here and sharing your beauty and expertise. Um, excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Evelyn. This has been such a joy. I'm so glad. And everyone else, thank you for joining us both today and tuning into another episode of the Minding Mind podcast. If this episode resonated with you, make sure to either comment, rate, or review, or all three, your feedback is definitely appreciated. And until next time, go live life on your terms and mind your business. We'll catch you in the next episode.